Bill, what page are we in? 40 tish. 40 tish? 49 and a Ah, this is very nice. Exactly what Bill pointed out to. Uh, page 49, second paragraph of that page. Now, about this, the expression, steps of the path. The royal lama, Zhangchu Wu, once made a petition to Lord Atisha asking for an instruction that would be of special benefit to give the teachings of the Buddha in the world. Lord Atisha then spoke the lamp of the path to Buddhahood, which from that time onwards he referred to as the steps of the path. And thus the expression began to spread. This teaching, though, is by no means something that Lord Atisha and the great Tsongkhapa invented themselves. Rather, it is the grand highway along which each and every Buddha has traveled 
as the Shorter Sutra on the Perfection of Wisdom says it, it is this perfection, nothing else, which is the path that's shared by all the victors. Stay they in the past, the present, or the future. Uh, I guess you sort of understand what uh, what Pamonga Rinpoche is referring to here. Uh, sort of like give a a brief, a very, very, very brief history of how this kind of teaching came to exist in Tibet. The kind of teaching that is has the name Steps of the Path or Lam Rim. And wherever you go in Tibet, it doesn't matter what uh, lineage you you follow, whether it is the Gelukpas, uh, Nyingmas, they all have reverence for these teachings called Steps of the Path, and they all consider it to be uh, more important than I- anything else. Uh, but how did these teachings that are known as Steps of the Path came into existence? If you go to China, you're going to find you're not going to find them. If you go to anywhere outside of the Himalayan uh, cultures, you're not going to find a set of teachings called Steps of the Path. Uh, as it says here, it was, uh, say, the royal lama, Zheng Chuwe, that was one of the kings of, uh, of Tibet. Uh, it was during a time when there was a lot of confusion in Tibet about the teachings of the Buddha because there seems to be contradictions. Uh, what came to be known as, within the steps of the path, as the three, uh, what would you call them, the three capacities, the three, Scope. the three scopes, the three types of practitioners. What came to be known as the three types, uh, there was confusion as to whether or not, uh, for example, uh, some people thought that what came to be known as the highest uh, scope was not Buddhism, that it was invented, that it was a, a cor- some sort of corruption. And some people thought that w- if you are uh, qualified to, to do the, the practice of what is called the highest capacity, the highest scope, then you don't need to worry about the, the practices of the, what are called the, the, the previous scopes. So because of that, then, because of this confusion that was going on, Chantru uh, were asked for someone to come from India to come and help them, to help them clarify, help them uh, understand uh, the, what seems to be uh, contradictions in the teachings. And when Lord Atisha came, and when he, when he arrived, uh, he, was ex- uh, he was sort of expecting that the king was going to ask him some, you know, uh, give me some teachings about, you know, how to transform dirt into gold or something like that. Uh, but instead, uh, what he asked for was a set of asking for an instruction that would be of special benefit to keep the teachings of the Buddha in the world. And that expression, keeping the teachings of the Buddha in the world, is a very you, I think you find this expression in every uh, in every religion. There is some sort of uh, uh, concern about that particular teaching is not existing anymore in the world. So some sort of mechanism, some sort of uh, uh, some sort of steps have to be taken. Some sort of things have to be incorporated within the teaching 
to help keep the teachings in the world. Uh, so, what Lord Atisha did was, he, uh, he if, if you look at the title of the, te- of, of the text that he composed, Lamp on the Path to Buddhahood. So, it was you, you, just by the expression lamp, it says so is it, uh, helping people see something, helping people to see how do you get to Buddhahood? What are the different steps that you have to take to get to Buddhahood? It's not just get a meditation, get one meditation, and then get some powers, and then you do whatever you want to do with, with that meditation. So it's reminding people that the path is a path to something. And what is that something? It is to Buddhahood. And how do you get there? What are the steps that you have to take? And, in, and at the same time, it's sort of uh, 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 dis- do away with any notion that it's supposed to be spontaneous. It's supposed to be something that happens uh, spontaneously. All of a sudden, you, you find yourself enlightened. Okay. So it does away with that. So it tells you that it is gradual, something that you have to do step by step, step by step. Just like anything that you master in the world, uh, Buddhahood is like that. It's something that you have to do a little bit at a time until you, uh, you get better and get better and better until you find yourself as a, becoming a fully enlightened Buddha. Just like if you were to pick up an instrument that you never played before. You, it, 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 you don't start playing like a virtuoso just the first time you, you hear about the instrument, the first time you see the instrument. You're supposed to make a lot of mistakes in, in, uh, as a matter of fact, in the beginning, you don't make music at all. All you do is make noise. And at the end, some, sometime, making noise, making noise, making noise, making noise, slowly becomes music, slowly becomes music, until the, mu- the instrument becomes an extension of you, and you're able to make music out of it. So in the, in, the, in the beginning, on the steps of the path to Buddhahood, you're going to be making mistakes. You're going to be, uh, your mind, you will not be as vigilant as you're supposed to be. Uh, there are certain th- lapses that will that will happen that will take place. You will be very dis- uh, you, you will, your mind will be will seem to have a your mind will seem to have a mind of its own. You will not be able to con- you, will, you will not be able to control it. Okay, so that's those are the those are the conditions that you have to overcome, and you will not overcome them overnight. You take the first step. You keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Just like when you're learning an instrument, you do your scales or do re mi do re mi do re mi fa so that you do until you're able to do something beyond that okay so these this uh uh work that lord atisha composed that came to be known that he called lamp of the path lamp on the path to buddhahood uh was adopted by every uh every sect within uh, within tibet and then these teachings came to be known as steps of the path. And what Pabon Karimpoche is trying to tell, uh, uh, tell us here at the end of the paragraph is that since this text that we are reading uh, is the text that was composed by Jason Kappa on the steps of the path, and which is supposed to be a commentary or an, or an explanation of or a summary of the, the work that Lord Atisha wrote called The uh, Limp of the Path to Buddhahood, so Pamon Kanabuche wants to tell us that these works called the Steps of the Path wasn't something that was just entirely invent, invented by Lord Atisha. It wasn't something that Jason Kappa invented. These actually came from the Buddha himself. Even though you will not find these 
types of teachings called steps, uh, steps of the path in some other culture, it doesn't mean that they were invented in, 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 uh, in Tibet. In actuality, it's really just another name for the perfection of wisdom. And that's why he, uh, Pabon Karimboche quoted the Sutra on the Perfection of Wisdom where the Buddha is saying, it is this perfection, nothing else, which is the path that's shared by all the victors. Stay there in the past, the present, or the future. So it doesn't matter if someone became a Buddha in the past, they rely on the perfection of wisdom. It doesn't matter if the person is now trying to reach Buddhahood, the person is relying on the perfection of wisdom. It doesn't matter if someone is, of course, wants to become a Buddha in the, sometime in the future, that person will have to depend on the perfection of wisdom. And the perfection of wisdom uh, lays out, uh, I don't know if you remember when we, we dared to <laughs> look into that very thick book called uh, the, the Large Sutra on the Perfection of Wisdom. We did that, remember, with the first few paragraphs, and we left that. That was, that was right before I... Oh, right before you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard you talk about it since then. Yeah. So, uh, if you remember in the very beginning of that, uh, what set the why why did this book came to be spoken? It was a question: How does a bodhisattva act? How does a bodhisattva behave? How does a bodhisattva practice? How does a bodhisattva eventually become a Buddha? And then the, and the Buddha is, is laying out the path. This is what the Bodhisattva must do. So in a, in a sense, the, the, the teaching, set of teachings known as the Sutra on the Perfection of Wisdom is the Buddha sort of laying out the steps. These are the steps that the person who wants to be a Buddha, these are the steps that this person must follow. Okay? So what Lord Atisha did, he took those teachings and he sort of made them available for the common person to understand. Because the, the way the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra is uh, 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 taught, the, the words that are in there are sort of taken for granted that you've been with the Buddha for many years and you've sort of been listening to the Buddha and, and, he's, and you sort of, uh, you're very accustomed to the language of the Buddha, the vocabulary of the Buddha. So it, the, the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra doesn't go into, uh, too much into explaining certain things. It just stay, stay, stays them with the understanding that you already know them. Okay? So what Lord Atisha did, he goes to take the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra and lays them out and explains the, the, the parts that are not explained. Okay. And this is a very important thing I mentioned last time, and I think it uh, uh, exists in every, in every religion, the fear of someone coming and creating something new. Okay. So it's almost as if uh, there is this exist. I don't know if I'm using this. I don't know if I'm using ever using this word correctly. Existential, because that's supposed to be a philosophical term that has its own meaning. But I'm I'm giving it my own meaning. <laughs> uh, there's supposed to be this existential kind of a uh, idea, or uh, within the, within uh, within humanity, there is some sort of. A, uh, 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 what is called the perennial philosophy. Have you heard that? The perennial philosophy? I have heard that phrase, yeah. You have heard that phrase. Uh, what, uh, how, how have you, what understanding do you have of it? 
Barbara Blavatsky? Yeah. Yeah, she, she uh, made that very popular. That's, that's why I know it, yeah. Yeah, but she, she, didn't, she, didn't, she made it popular, but she didn't invent it. Right. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, uh, in Hindu philosophy, Hindu uh, teachings, you hear that a lot, the perennial philosophy. It's supposed to be uh, this sort of like universal path, universal truth. That uh, and some people would say, uh, some people would say, like it is w every religion touches touches upon it, and that's why a religion lasts because it touches upon it and it, it reminds people of something universal, something that is uh, uh, something that uh, almost almost like a taking Jung, Jung, Carl Carl Gustav Jung. Jung, right? Taking Jung as a, a, a idea of uh, what you call unconscious collective, collective unconscious, collective unconscious, un collective unconsciousness, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah. So you know, the idea that uh, unconsciously, collectively, there is these truths in, in in the mind of of, of 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 humanity, and then what religion, what different religions, uh, what they do is that they touch upon that. And this sort of like awaken or remind someone of something that they, they, they don't have a, a direct grasp of, but somehow it's something is awakened. Like the, the idea of, of uh, uh, what's, what's the golden rule? Uh, what's it called? Do unto, do unto others as you do unto yourself. Yeah. Right? I mean, every religion in, in, in one way or another talks about this. And the reason that people respond to it, according to perennial philosophy, is because uh, somewhere deep within our uh, uh, consciousness, there is, this, there is this, this is already a truth. So, so the idea of creating something new is really sort of like a, creating something that is not found within this perennial philosophy. Something that is outside of what might be the, uh, the the truth as we as we deeply understand it as we deeply accept it. For uh, because if uh, the the thing is if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that, how would you know what is being presented to you is truth or not? If you didn't have something within you to sort of bounce for for it to uh, bounce against for it to imagine this term correctly for it to bounce against for it to Bounce, <laughs> okay. Like, like within you already there is the truth, but for some reason, whatever myth you want to use, you don't know it. You forgot it. You were, you're supposed to slowly get to it, no matter what the myth may be. But somehow within you there is the truth, and you're supposed to go to this path of getting to the truth, and the path can path can be completely. External, the path can be completely internal. The path can be a mixture of internal and external. But the thing is, you have to do something to get to it. Okay. So once you get to it, uh, it, it it's supposed to be something that once you, you once you bring it to someone else, uh, somehow it will death word, it will resonate with that person, and that person will have a sense of recognition of it. Right. 
That's why uh, even though uh, through evolution of, certain, of religion or through the uh, uh, crystallization of, 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 of a particular religion, it, uh, it takes on, uh, what would you say, it's like uh, the methods of getting to that truth becomes more important than the truth. Like for example, uh, for, some, for some people at a certain time, um, offering, butter, offering lamps made of butter was helped them get to some truth. And now later on, we don't use, we don't have to, uh, we're not familiar with using butter as a, as a means for making lamp. But for some reason, we, we are convinced that just making butter lamp becomes more important than, than what the butter lamp is supposed to get you. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right? Like like why, people, why does it have to be butter lamp? Yeah, like people are killing themselves to go to India spend thousands of dollars to travel just to buy a butter lamp so they can come bring it home and then go to the Indian store, buy ghee, and then pay, go to some temple somewhere, learn how to make those wicks, and then they put a butter lamp on, on their altar. So, so, and they say, now they feel that they're practicing. Now they're practicing Dharma. Now they're going to get to some truth. Well, they could have just go to the corner store and get, get a candle. The point is just to offer light, and if there is no candle, but uh, but get get to what, is, what does it mean to offer a candle? What does it, what does that mean? That's what we have to get. That's the what that's the the reason behind it. That's the perennial uh, philosophy, you could say. Okay. Uh, so there is this fear in almost every religion, and it seems to be. I'm not sure how deep. This fear is in uh, other religion, but it, but within Buddhism, there is this almost uh, uh, the idea of, of being sacrilegious is not so. Uh, it's not a big idea in in, in, in Buddhism, but it, it gets it gets to be the closest you can get to being sacrilegious, to create your own dharma. To create your own your own truth, so to speak, that, that that's what it ends up being. You are creating your own truth. So when he said, when Pabon Kadimpoche is sort of telling us, "Don't worry, Lord Atisha didn't create this, didn't, didn't invent this. Pabon uh, Jason uh, Kappa didn't invent this." What he's telling you is that this is this is really going back to the perennial truth. Okay. And it's the one that the Buddha discovered. It's the one that the Buddha spoke. It's not something that outside of that. Okay? Because you will, if you become teachers, you will have to present the teachings in a way that fits the time. You have to present the teachings in a way. You can't tell the person examples about riding uh, camels. You, you can't tell somebody the truth. Oh, oh, it's like when you feed your camel. I mean, you see, you, you, have, you, have, you have a dumb uh, <laughs> expression in your face. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Okay? Because you, you, can't, you have no relationship to what feeding a camel is supposed to be like. What it's like supposed to be taking care of a camel, a herd of camel. Okay? Because it has, it's, not, it's not your reality. You will talk about things that the book probably has never even mentioned. You will talk about, no, it's like your, your scooter. Okay? 
Then what? The Buddha didn't say scooter in the in the in the sutra. <laughs> now you're creating your own dharma now. That's not what they're referring to as creating your own dharma. Okay. All right. Uh, so it is this perfection. So. You could say it is this almost like this perennial truth or this 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 uh, so the Buddha uh, touched this perennial truth and then he expressed it and the and the mode of expression is the is uh, is, is the path that sort of links you to this perennial truth that will get you to Buddhahood and then nothing else. Nothing else will ever get you to Buddhahood. Right? So this, by the way, is the ultimate origin of the expression steps of the path. Okay. And of course, this phrase itself, this, by the way, is the ultimate origin of the expression of steps of the path, is not entirely true. <laughs> okay. It's not that uh, Lord Atisha or Jason Kappa was thinking, oh, in the sutras, the perfection of wisdom, the Buddha said this line, so I'm going to extract it and then I'm going I'm, I'm to use this, the word steps of the path because the Buddha used it in over there. That's not necessarily so. Okay? But it's not necessarily not true. Yeah. Because uh, For as long as the Dharma has existed, there's always been this, uh, the idea of how do you, you know, uh, what, what are the four noble truths? Suffering. suffering. Truth of suffering. Cessation of suffering. And the path. There we go, right there, the path. So, what are the steps of that path? So, the Eightfold Path, the Sutra Path, the Tantra Path. The path of uh, uh, mm, uh, renunciation, the path of bodhicitta, the path of correct view, so all these things. Okay. So, what are the steps? So, the, so that means ever since the Buddha in, uh, announced uh, the Four Noble Truth, which was with his first teaching, the step, the, the understanding of that there are steps to the path, was understood. So. Using the expression "steps of the path," if you already have familiarity with with, with uh, that there is a path, you will you will automatically have a resonance within you. Oh, okay. Now I, these are the things that I must do so I can get to to where I, to where I need to get to. Okay. So if you don't have any interest in this path, if you don't have any uh, any no, if you don't have any interest in the goal, then you you will have no interest in the path, and you have no interest in the steps. Okay. And there's no way someone can force you to uh, uh, take on these steps if you're not interested in the goal. Or if the goal is, doesn't look as something that you can... If the goal is not described in such a way as something that you, can have an, that you have an interest in. Not something that's for you to develop an interest in, but something that you already have an interest in. Like uh, the Buddha said in the in the Perfection of Wisdom Sutra, even cows are after nirvana. Okay, even cows are after nirvana. So everyone is after it. They just don't know 
they don't know it. They don't know exactly what they're after yet. So if you knew, if you could somehow see what, what, what is driving you, what is making you wake up in the morning, what is making you go and act and behave every day, if you could knew that what you were really after was Buddhahood, then you would be really interested in it. Then you would understand, you would really be interested in what is the path that gets there. Just like you're interested right now in the path that gets you to whatever you find yourself going after. And you're interested in the steps of that path. Okay. So therefore the teachings on the steps of the path is one for all, is one for all Tibet. Still though, some people feel no desire to study it. For they hold it to be a private instruction of the Gelug tradition. They are not at fault. Well, this is a little a bit of a political thing here. Getting to. <laughs> they are not at fault. It is only because they have insufficient merit from their past deeds that they think this way. <laughs> this is why Wonka Rinpoche being a little bit sectarian. <laughs> So therefore, the teaching on the steps of the path is one for all Tibet. And the reason that he's saying this is because the Gelupas, among all the different uh, traditions of, of Tibet, the Gelupas make a special emphasis on the, on, the, on the steps of the path. They make a special emphasis on Lam Rim. As a matter of fact, within the, the, the Gelupa, uh, within the Gelupa tradition, you have, many, you have what you call many traditions of Lam Rims. You have the Dalai Lama Lam Rim. You have the Manjushri Lam Rim. You have the Red Manjushri Lam Rim. You have the Southern Lam Rim, the Eastern Lam Rim, the Western Lam Rim. The Lam Rim called the Path of Ease. The Lam Rim called the Path of Bliss. The Lam Rim called the great, the great stages of the path. So you have all these different kinds of Lam Rim. And it's because uh, the Gelupas made such an emphasis on it that some Gelupas, that's all they did. That's all they practiced. That's all. They didn't bother with any any uh, other teachings. They made an emphasis on on just studying the Lamrim, practicing the Lamrim, and they gained some sort of uh, appreciation or some sort of realization of it, and that became a lineage that they passed down. Uh, the Southern Lamrim, for example, would have a different visualization as to what uh, uh, what are called the uh, the field of merit. You have this field of field. Yeah. Where's the field of merit? Yeah. I think we moved upstairs. It's moved upstairs? You sure? Did you some copper one? Not Maybe we didn't hurry. Yeah, okay. Uh, whenever you see something like, looks like, well, it doesn't look like. <laughs> uh, Looks like, looks like, see that, that tank, this tanka over here? There's a central figure surrounded by two uh, smaller figures and then completely surrounded by much lesser, uh, uh, by smaller figures. Okay. So this is, this is the basic outline of what is called a field of merit. So you have the central figure that is the, your object of your focus, and everything around, everyone around that central figure is supposed to be uh, supposed to represent a different uh, 
levels of practitioners. Okay. And, and the, the, it's, supposed to, it's called the field of merit. It's supposed to, that's the object you visualize to collect merit. Okay. That's the object you make uh, offerings to. Okay. Uh, so that's basically the outline. Well, there was a, I have to go back upstairs. Do uh, you to, uh, turn okay. it? No. Okay. And this is completely different. <laughs> uh, these, these two, you remember what these two are, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you guys commissioned for it. <laughs> well, you were forced to pay for it. <laughs> He's supposed to represent the thousand Buddhas that will come in this in this in our age. Okay. Uh, yeah. Up to that. Okay. All right. So the different lineages, the different types of steps of the path, or different lamrims, will have a different. We may have a different tanka, for example, as a field of merit. Okay. Instead of the teacher sitting on a square throne, they would sit on a tree. Instead of sitting on a, on a, on a or they would sit, sit on a round throne, or they would sit on a, on a, on a cushion, or they would sit on a moon, things like that. So it's just whoever was practicing it, maybe that's the vision that came to them and that became a lineage. Okay? So the Gilupa has made a special emphasis on the Lamrim, on the Lamrim, on practicing Lamrim. Uh, you will probably have, you probably, I don't know if you heard this already, or maybe you will come to hear it either uh, sooner or later. The idea of uh, uh, the three-year, three-year, three-three-year, three-month, three days, three weeks, three hours, three minutes, three seconds retreat. Something like that. You ever heard of that? Never heard of that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you heard of it. <laughs> By the way, that's not that's not uh, something that is. It's not a. It's something that is. That is an. Uh, they make an emphasis of that, in the Kagyu, the Nima, in the other tradition, especially in the Kagyu tradition. Uh, where if you meet someone who's belongs to the Kagyu, that's that's the that's the common talk. Have you done your three-year retreat yet? Have you done your three-year retreat yet? Well, I've done three. I've, I've done three three-year retreats. I, I, this is my fifth three-year retreat. Things like that. Okay. And what they're supposed to be doing in the three-year retreat is uh, sort of set the foundation for realizations. And what they would do, they would, they would send three years collecting 100,000 this, 100,000 that. 100,000 prostrations, 100,000 mandala offerings, 100,000 guru yoga, 100,000 da 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 Okay? Uh, within the gulupas, that particular uh, uh, practice is not emphasized. It's not that gulupas don't do it. It's not, it's not a big emphasis. In the, you know here, uh, Yerupa's uh, encouraging people, you know, when are you going to do your three-year retreat? When are you going to do your three-year retreat? You know, you've been, you've been practicing for two months already. Why haven't you done your three-year retreat? <laughs> okay, so Yerupa's don't make that. But instead, you will hear Yerupa's talk about Lamrim, 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 Lamrim. Uh, my mother had a call. Have you studied Lamrim yet? <laughs> Uh, uh, I need to get a job. Have you studied Lamrim yet? So that's the Gelupa response. Okay, Lamrim, Lamrim, Lamrim. So because of that, the, because the Gelupas make such an emphasis of Lamrim, so the outside of the monastic tradition, the lay people 
uh, associated the Lamrim being something of the Gelugpas. And that's what Babon Kanembeche is trying to dispel, the idea that it's, it's a, a first in saying that it's not Jason Kappa who invented it, and in, in here saying that it's not something that, it's not some, some private instruction of the Gelugpas. Okay. All the traditions have exactly the, uh, this thing called the Lamrim. And they, all, they also have their own traditions of, of the Lamrim. That is, the, uh, their, their, their feel of merit will, will, be, be, completed, will be filled with uh, mostly their own teachers and, and, the, and the deities that they, have, uh, that they place an emphasis on. So therefore, the teaching of the steps of the path is one for all Tibet. Because Lord Atisha, when he came, uh, he, he composed it specifically because the Tibetans asked him. And if you remember, John uh, Chubwur, uh, when he was asking for destruction, he wasn't asking it for, we Tibetans need this, so give us something just for us Tibetans. He said something for, to, help the keep, to keep the teachings of the Buddha in the world. So it's for everyone. Still, though, some people feel no desire to study it. And the reason that they feel no desire to study it, it's not only, it's not only, uh, it's not only outside of the Gelupa tradition, also within the Gelupa tradition. Because uh, so far, have you, have you have noticed, uh, we haven't talked about how to... Uh, uh, invoke uh, the wrathful aspect of, of, of the Lord of Compassion so he can destroy enemies. We haven't talked about practices that uh, transform uh, transform uh, uh, um, uh, outside circumstances into favorable circumstances. We haven't talked about those you know, nice, juicy little teachings. So far, all we talked about, uh, oh, these teachings are wonderful. <laughs> They're the greatest thing in the world. You don't need anything else. That's what we talked about so far, right? And then when we're going to get through it, uh, we're not going to talk about how to transform outside circumstances so you can be favorable. We're not going to talk about how to invoke the raffle this or the raffle that. We're not going to be talking about how to uh, feed the dead, things like that, okay? So... They have no, so the Gelupas, a lot of Gelupas are not interested in these kind of teachings. Especially when the, the neighbor, the, the Kagyus are, you know, are feeding ghosts, <laughs> are invoking uh, raffle beings, uh, doing uh, things like that. So uh, they may not be of, uh, they sort of lose, uh, people sort of lose desire to study them. They, they consider them to be weak, you could say. Therefore, sissies. <laughs> All right. So, and of course, Pabonga and Buche is saying it. Well, it's not their fault. They just don't have the merit. <laughs> they don't have the virtue to see how important this is. Okay. They're not their fault. It's because they have sufficient merit from their past deeds that they think this way. Of course, this is a, a. There's some truth to it, but it's not. It's not a truth that is specific only to the to the 
to uh, to the lam rim. It's to anything. The only reason that you have uh, that you can that you have interest in anything is because of past deeds. Is because of habit. That's what it's saying. It's not because that. Uh, well, you didn't become you, you didn't become a Buddha in the past. That's why you don't have the merit now. Okay. So I mean, it seems like it's a problem everywhere that people are interested in, like mm. you know, turning fire into gold and, yeah. and interested in you know contacting with ghosts and mm. whatever else you mentioned yeah. and feeding them. Yeah. So it's it's, it's not just a problem that uh, not just a problem. People in like California, it's a problem with people <laughs> 200 years ago, and yeah, yeah. yeah, there's that tendency to want to do something, I guess, exciting. Yeah, yeah. And I guess we find similar things exciting. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. You, you brought that out. Uh, so, wh- why, why would that be? Why do you, why do you think that is? Like, even now, nowadays, uh, you know, when uh, a teaching is being advertised, you can't just say the steps of the path to Buddhahood. Yeah. Yeah. Why? That answers every, every question I ask. <laughs> Why is there snow today? Give me that answer. <laughs> okay. I think it has to do with uh, uh, The explanation uh, escapes me. Something to do with, you, we need something concrete. Mm. It's, it, it's sort of like it goes from infomercial to anything. You know, you, you got to see something. You got to see some sort of change or result. Yeah, you know, and uh, almost almost connected with the immediate gratification kind yeah, of kind of kind, right. of kind of thing. You know, you're not going to buy some slicer that can only slice its tomatoes. It's got to slice everything or change into, you, know, you need some sort of, something beautiful to come out of nothing. You know? uh, there's there's, that, there's that, that sense of uh, something out of nothing, but also we, we want to see results as soon as we start using it. We're not going to see results with the steps of the path until way later and, and when you're looking back, oh, I guess I have, there has been some change. And it's not the kind of change that people outside may necessarily notice. But which you can invoke uh, uh, ghosts and feed them and you can make quite a show. You can make some money out of it even. You go around chasing people's ghosts away. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you invoke a red manjushri, you can, see, you can see a red manjushri in front of you. There's something. You've done something and then you're seeing uh, an effect of what you've done. So it gives you a sense of satisfaction. 
But when you are practicing, 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 and you don't see anything, and there's supposed to be some change happening that you're not even aware of, so it makes, it makes you uh, less likely to continue. And also, uh, uh, it, it, doesn't feed, it, doesn't, it doesn't feed the need to continue. But if you do something, you know, throw, you know, say a mantra, throw some, do some strange um, movements with your hands, and then you see something uh, appear to you, now that would be interesting. Even though all it, all appears, all, all it does is some, some figure appears. Nothing happens, but just some figure appears, made of light. Yeah. That, would be more in, that would be more interesting to you to learn that than to learn something that will take years before you can see any, any, any result. And the result that you're going to see is not going to be something that's going to be, that, that, that's going to be something that you're going to affect the world with or, or the world can see. Like, you know, like uh, the idea of you're a good guy but nobody knows. People even think that you're, people might even think of the opposite of you. Or you're a good guy, people don't care. <laughs> <laughs> or you're a good guy and because of that, people don't stay away from you. <laughs> okay. Who, who, was, who was that? Right. And it has to do with what I said about uh, nirvana. That even cows want it. Even a cow, even cows want nirvana. <laughs> to realize that the thrill you're looking for in this bright being appearing before you, that the thrill you're looking for is actually nirvana. But we are confused, we, are mis- we, we have uh, great uh, ignorance, so we, we want to see that bright being because we think it will give us, it will give us satisfaction that, we, that, we, that is lasting. We think we will really get, be, be satisfied with that. But the satisfaction that we're looking for is really nirvana, and that takes time to get to. So, but then uh, there's still a problem. You said like enlightenment's a gradual process. Yeah. And so you have to like play the scales. Yeah. If you're playing it, if you're learning a flute or a guitar. Uh huh. But I had the experience of I started playing guitar, mm-hmm. where I wanted to, I I I passed right over all that scale stuff mm-hmm. because I wanted even if I play the song poorly, mm-hmm. I like to at least start with the end product. Mm-hmm. Like I play the song and I'll do it alone because it sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. But at least want, I always want to start at the end, like with playing a song. Mm-hmm. For uh, people like you, the there's a path also like that. <laughs> 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 they make you pretend you're a Buddha. Uh, pretend, pretend you're a Buddha. Go around, pretend you're a Buddha, act like a Buddha, think like a Buddha. And that becomes your path. Even though you're a lousy Buddha, you're the worst Buddha on the planet, <laughs> in the universe. But it gives you a sense of, it, keep, it keeps you on the path. So eventually you become a Buddha. Just like uh, you, you, instead of playing the scales, you start with a, with a, uh, 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 a song, even though you're not, you're not really playing it, but you, you, you think you're playing it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there's that. You're playing each chord wrong, yeah. but you're playing them all together. Yeah. Uh. yeah. So uh, almost, almost like that, uh, if you don't, if we don't have a conviction about Buddhahood, about that state, just like if we don't have the conviction that someone can actually play that instrument, that instrument is something that can be played, 
if we don't have that conviction, we're not going to bother taking the steps. The reason that you struggle with the core, the reason that you struggle with a bad melody for a long time is because you're convinced one day I can play it. So when you find yourself on the path and you find yourself not doing what you think you're supposed to be doing, you have to review your conviction in, 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 in do you believe in the goal of the path? How convinced are you about it? So if you are convinced about Buddhahood, you're convinced about the steps, not, there doesn't, doesn't seem to be anything wrong with them, then you will pick them up. Even though years go by, you don't see any results whatsoever. Even years go by, uh, bad things start to happen to you. You go into misfortune, you lose your job, uh, whatever. But because of your conviction, in Buddhahood, conviction in the path, you keep examining them, they don't, they don't seem to be flawed, you will continue. That will keep you, keep you going. But if as soon as you, you lose your job, you think, ah, the steps of the path will make me lose my job. I better drop this thing. Okay. And that's not all. <laughs> it is in fact by stepping on to this path well worn, well worn, well worn by all the Buddhas, that one eventually arrives at the very state all Buddhas have found. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense that you'd get anywhere except to some weird path or level that no Buddha or any other high being of the past has ever reached. You and I have no need to fear that we might ever make such a blunder for we have the steps of the path for our practice. All this we owe to the great kindness of Lord Atisha and Lord Tsongkhapa. Okay. We'll stop here. I'm trying to be on time. <laughs> for once. <laughs> Anybody has any questions? There's a question that uh, a lay practitioner asked, once asked the Buddha. Uh, it's, it's always relevant for everyone, especially someone who has uh, sort of been practicing or been on the path for some time. So. I ask you this, do you believe that you are that you have found the path? Well, before I ask do you have found the path, do you believe that you have found a goal worthy of pursuing? Okay, do you believe that you have found a path that will lead to that goal? I guess it can be made as a rhetorical question. <laughs> okay. And you keep, keep asking yourself that question all the time. 
and 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 uh, the idea of wasting time is something that uh, almost everyone has an aversion for. Mm. Okay. So when you when, uh, when you have que- when you have answered these questions well to your satisfaction, then you will find yourself not having to worry about wasting time. Even asking yourself, am I wasting time? Is this wasting my time? And the worst, the worst, the worst uh, uh, part of it, am I wasting my life? Yeah. And the only way to uh, get rid of that is to answer those two questions. Have you found a goal worthy of pursuing? And you believe you have found a path that will lead you there. And everything else will be would sort of fall into place. Okay. If anyone has no one else has any questions, we'll pursue we'll proceed to the closing. I'll give you a, a whole half hour now. <laughs> before meditation. By this and achieve the two holy bodies that arise from merit and wisdom. All right. Shocking, isn't it? <laughs> it's not. No. It's not past eleven. No, it's not shocking because I don't have to go to the bathroom. Usually, when we go long. <laughs> Okay, you can uh, have some tea, walk around, stretch your legs, come back for meditation at exactly 11, the time that it's scheduled, really. (laughs) 